Welcome to Pragmatic. Pragmatic is a weekly discussion show contemplating the practical application of technology. Exploring the real-world trade-offs, we look at how great ideas are transformed into products and services that can change our lives. Nothing is as simple as it seems. This episode is sponsored by LifeX. Visit lifex.co slash pragmatic for more information and to take advantage of a special discount off their amazing LED smart bulbs exclusively for Pragmatic listeners. I'm your host, John Chigi, and joining me once again today is Ben Alexander. How you doing, Ben? How you doing, John? Cool. Um, I would like today to talk a little bit about gambling. Are you a gambler, Ben? Um, I'm not much of a gambler, but at the same time, I'm, I'm actually up, like oh. over my lifetime. Oh, I've, cool. I've, I've made more money gambling than I've lost, so. Nice. I don't know. Does that make me a gambler? It makes you a statistical um, outlier, but it's a, okay. it, but that's still... <laughs> but only because I haven't played that it's much. It's still probably. a good position to be in, man. You're st- Slightly lucky. Yeah. Well, hey, it, I'll, I'll take it, right? Why not? Okay. Um, so, I'm kind of glad you said that, though, because one of the problems with this, this topic is that um, some people get very polarized about it. And the reason I wanted to talk about it is because I guess I'm a little bit polarized about this, but... Um, I guess I just, we'll just dive into it and maybe it'll make sense by the time we get to the Polarized, end. Polarized like, like morally poor a lot? Polarized, yeah, I think, or? yeah, morally poor. Yes, moral. Yeah, mor- people, get, people get really, yeah, okay. Yeah, because there's some people that are just like re- religiously, like a religious uh, against, like gambling is evil. Well, yeah, and literally religiously. Oh, oh yeah, li- oh, yeah. yeah, very literally. And uh, whereas other people, you know, have no issue with it. And of course, then you've got the people that are... Um, have uh, problems with gambling or gambling addiction. Right. And of course, that's I guess that's the whole spectrum. But anyway, so I think it's an interesting topic um, worth talking about, uh, especially considering that um, one of my one of the, my jobs that I've had in my life to date has been as a statistician. I mean, it was reliability statistics, but it was still statistics. And I, I never, it never ceases to make me giggle a little bit on the inside, considering that I nearly failed statistics when I was at university. And my first job... Um, when I was working uh, was uh, over in Canada actually with Nortel was doing statistics so I kind of found that amusing Uh, another little side note another subject that I only just passed was control systems and guess what I end up doing and what I'm still doing (laughs) yes okay refer that tells you something though that's kind of scary doesn't it doesn't that tell you like what we were talking about on episode 10 about you know academic proof you know come on right so what does that prove to you anyway but shit we cannot dredge up that. You wasted time in all those other classes that you got A's in? I haven't used a whole bunch of those ones that I got A's yeah. in. Yeah. So there you go. Anyway, whatever. I'm just, I'm, I'm, de- I'm, I'm risking more feedback about. Email John. I know, yeah, yeah, I know. Email John. Yeah, go on. Okay. Right. So, okay. Got to start, as I always do, talking about what the hell gambling is. Well, not gambling. The topic is exactly define it. So let's start by defining what gambling is. So gambling is the wagering of money or something of material value, often referred to as the stakes. And I'm doing that in air quotes. Uh, on stakes. sorry, the stakes. The stakes. Yes, uh, not ones you eat on an event with an uncertain outcome, with the primary intention of winning additional money and or material goods. So a little bit long winded, but that's the definition. So in order for gambling to be considered gambling, it therefore requires three elements: consideration 
chance and a prize at the end of some kind mm-hmm. and description. One of the other uh, little asides before I go any further though uh, that I want to mention is my one of the things my grandmother said. Uh, my grandmother did not believe in insurance. She said that insurance is a form of gambling and she also did not believe in gambling. Um, the difference, I guess, with insurance... It kind of is a form of gambling. It's a reverse gambling. Yeah, it's kind of, right? yeah, it is. It's weird, isn't it? If you think about it, it has a lot of things in common with gambling because you're paying money to someone else <clears throat> as protection against an event that might happen. But if it right. doesn't happen, you'll never see that money back. Right. So, it's kind of... Which is part of our... We're risk-averse as humans, so we yeah. we fall for that. Yeah, we do. Well, it's fear, Right. Because I'm afraid right. I'm going to lose something that I value. You always be slightly illogical about that, which is why insurance companies are so profitable. Well, that's right. And exactly. So, you know, and, and here's the funny thing. I'm not against insurance. I think that insurance is a... No, it's... it's Yeah, it makes sense. It's just mm. we, we slightly overpay. Like, we do that. It's yeah, just... It's a, that's true. It's an economic behavior. We will, will always... Always... Make that error. Yeah, that's right. That, no, 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 that's fine. No, they're absolutely right. I mean, I'm, I make, if it's a mistake, I'm making the same mistake. I mean, my grandmother, if she knew I was paying insurance, might be upset with me. Irrespective, I still think it has a place, but it doesn't really fit every characteristic of gambling because, first of all, it's you're guarding against potential loss rather than a potential gain, right. and there's no buzz, all right? Right, it's kind of a reverse buzz. Yes, yeah. Actually, the idea is that you're you're calming yourself down from sitting there, you know, laying there in bed at night, thinking about, oh, what happens if I, you know, yeah, I don't know. Well, exactly. I mean, if I you know, if I pass away, I've got life insurance. Break my legs, or, and I can't work. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Or if I mean, exactly, if I'm uh, unable to perform my my job of my primary training or whatever the hell the definition is in insurance terminology, it's something like that. Your primary, uh, whatever. Who cares? Whatever. Insurance speak, but you know when I open a bill for insurance, I don't get warm fuzzies. I get like, no. oh god, again! Did I just pay this? That's what it is. So no, not not gambling. But I just wanted to throw that in there because my my grandma was dead set against insurance. Anyway, all right. So, did she like gambling? No, no, she was dead set against gambling. Okay, she said, no. so she just she just wanted a rational world. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's okay. Anyway, okay, so types of gambling now this is not going to cover everything i know it's not but it's going to cover that i think the big hitters so i've got a list here so i'm just going to run through the list <sighs> races so horse races the trots cars uh, chuck wagons because when i was in calgary they had chuck wagon races the chuck wagon races <laughs> yeah they had uh, chuck wagon races at the stampede the calgary stampede anyway so i saw the chuck wagons I'm like that's freaky but anyway it's also cool it looked really dangerous, actually. But it, really, that sounds really dangerous. Yeah, I mean, these things are going really fast, and I'm like, if, if you fall off that, you're kind of gone. You're, yeah, you're dead. Yeah. Anyway, um, any kind of competition in any kind of sport that you could think of, you know, football or soccer, right? Because they're two different things. That's the pause for people to, to stop the podcast yeah. and email me. There you go. We call it soccer, Hick. I'm sorry. Can I sidetrack on this just for a second? Do you guys call it soccer too? We call it soccer. Yes. We okay. always called it well, soccer. Who was telling... My buddy, my friend was telling me um, there's, a, there's a good explanation for why it's called soccer. Mm-hmm. And damn it, I can't find it now. But it's, it has to, has to do with the name of a... Oh, some club. I'm pe- sure people will email you. But <laughs> yeah, calling it soccer is the right thing to do. Damn straight. It's soccer. 
<sighs> anyway, good. Um, so, getting back on track, any other kind of sport, I mean, even billiards, right? Or even cricket. Yes, some people bet on cricket. And you can uh, bet on anything. Yeah, right? or even chess. Especially, especially if you have a problem. Yeah, well, uh, that's true. So, then you've got card games. Okay, so that's the next obvious kind of cat- subcategory. So, you've got blackjack, baccarat. Um, right. poker, bridge, those sorts of things. Then if- Here's where it gets interesting. Oh, Now you can start counting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Card counting is not permitted, <clears throat> but it's a good idea. <laughs> um, uh, if you're Rain Man, you can really clean up. Uh, dice-based games. So things like um, backgammon, uh, craps, uh, roulette, kind of, sort of. It's not really a dice, but it's a spinny wheel with numbers. So, you know, kind of. Right. Anyway. And, of course, everyone's favorite, and I say everyone's favorite because it actually is everyone's favorite, is a slot machine or poker machines or whatever. Right. So, that's not an exhaustive list, but that's, you know, there's quite a lot of in there. So, lots and lots and lots of things. I'm not going to talk about all of them. I'm going to focus in on one specifically, and I'll give you my reasons in a minute. But... Um, I did want to talk really quickly about um, craps. <laughs> Not just because the name's funny. Um, <laughs> that's a teenage boy in me, sorry. Um, as a quick side note about craps, I just had to say this. Um, it's always fascinated me as a game because I keep thinking, what if they weight the dice, right? Right. It's just such a simple idea and you know the dodgy casinos have done that. So if you but but if you take that off the off the equation out of the equation. If you assume that your dice are perfectly weighted or correctly balanced, whatever the terminology is, you know they're not loaded, right? Then mm. the idea is that probabilistically speaking, if you set the dice in your hands in the same position and you throw them in the same orientation and manner repeatedly, then statistically you should get over an, an actually um, statistically significant number of rolls of the dice, you should get predominantly the same numbers. Right. So you should be able to control that, especially if you had a. Well, I see. I like I like this this train of thought because I, yeah. I think about it in terms of like basketball. Sure. Right. It's like you know basketball. Is if you got this big ball, right, relatively heavy, mm. um, relatively large target, you got to hit. It's like why why can't people just hit this with consistency? Yeah. Right, like what? What's what's up with the human body that that we introduce this much error into what's going on? Uh, it's got a crappy control system called the brain or something. <laughs> Need to put a PLC in there. No, right? No, don't do that. Um, <laughs> although, no, 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 don't do that. But I mean, the, yeah, I look. The other explanation is that I just I suck at basketball, um, and I'm not right. But even but but guys that are really good still have a have a horrible. Right. Well, that's right. that's why I mean, tall people will prefer to basketball, right? Because they can slam dunk, and you, right. and slam dunk is like, yeah. I wonder if I'm going to miss a slam dunk. And my hand's right next to the hole. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to miss that. So it's like it takes all of that. You know, you go for a three point shot, and you're way back from there. And and like you say, the variability. Why is that so hard to? But it. it I mean. It... It interests me because you think about you know something like baseball and how how consistently you know pitchers will put a ball you know a very small ball over you know over the the strike zone in a at very high rate of speed much faster than a basketball oh, I'm sure which I guess that probably is part of it right it's probably more stability in flight mm, but, possibly but but hang on um, you're playing ba- baseball outside but the, but that's outside yeah. right there's way more chaos absolutely right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely you got wind wind changes direction all the time it swirls around a lot in those stadiums you never right. know where it's coming from and whereas with basketball you're in a fully enclosed um, gym gymnasium or sta- uh, stadium or something it's right. always enclosed right 
Interesting. So, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Well, okay. Interesting. <laughs> that, that, that's 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 an interesting side topic. But okay. But just quickly about the dice. Then see, that's the idea though. If you were to repeatedly able to roll the same number, that would give you a statistical advantage. You could you could stack the odds in your favor. Right. So of course, casinos. Well, being casinos, they have thought about that. Of course, and you can't weight the dice. But what you can do is you can insist that the dice must hit the back wall of the craps um, right. thing. What is it called? I, I never found the right name for it. The craps board, I guess. But, you know, it's yeah, got like padded walls. Yeah. Now, the far end of the back wall, that's coated typically with diamonds. Don't have to be oh, very... Really? Yeah. With sharp mm. edges, specifically, to ensure that you get more random variability from each impact because statistically you're unlikely to hit exactly the same spot every single time. Therefore, that will more randomize where the dice will land in each dice throw. They're, they're chunking little flux out of the die every time. That's it. So, the poor poor dice must get worn out. But I, hmm. I was I was reading up on this and I'm like, that's interesting. So, there you go. I just thought I'd throw that one in there. And uh, that, that's a lot of effort to for a random number generator. Well, <laughs> we're going to talk about random number generators, in a minute. Yeah, we're going to talk. <laughs> I know we're going to talk about RNGs. Okay, random number generators. Oh, yes, yeah, random. Okay, all right. So I, however, have you know digressed too too long, and I now want to focus on one thing in particular, and that is the slot machine. And there's a specific reason that I want to. You know, focusing on slot machines and it'll become clear shortly. So, I'm assuming everyone knows what a slot machine is. You, the old style ones, you stick a quarter in or, you know, whatever denomination, I suppose. And you pull a lever and a bunch of little rollers in front of you tumble away and go click, 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 click into position. And if all the little symbols line up, then, you know, the right symbols line up, then you'll get a little tray at the bottom will drop out and a whole bunch of money will come out based on the size of, you know, what you've won. Of course, these days that's gone mostly, well, there are still places that have got those, apparently. So I'm told I haven't seen Hmm. one in real life before, to be honest. I've only ever seen the digital ones. The first one was developed by a company called um, uh, Stittman and Pip, and that was uh, they were from Brooklyn, in obviously the United States. That was the first ever gambling machine, and it sort of evolved to become the slot machine. And that was in 1891, so they've been around a while. Wow. But it was only it was about three or four years later. Charles Fay was the guy that was sort of more considered the true developer because he had an automatic mechanism. Which I looked into the mechanism, and I'm like, I'm not going to explain it, but you know, it just made the easiest a lot, the the machines a lot easier to use. But the first video slot machine, you know, if you can call it a slot machine now, it's video based. That was developed in uh, 1976, which is the year I was born, and uh, that was under the direction of Fortune Coin Company. From I want you to guess what city they were from. They, uh, they were from Las Vegas. Oh man, you you see, you knew. How about that? I knew, yes, knew. that was so difficult. <laughs> I know, it was a tough one, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah it's like, okay, uh, America, you know, cutting cutting edge of electronics development and Las Vegas, mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> so It's not that far from the valley, though, right? Yeah, no, I guess it isn't really. I, I don't know how many yeah. hours drive that would be, probably about seven or eight hours drive maybe from the valley, I guess. Um, Email, John. Sounds about right. I, I, I went yeah. to Vegas when I was from, I, I drove from San Diego to Vegas, so um, yeah. don't know about 
um, Frisco to Vegas. Got to say Frisco, mate, because it sounds like I've been there. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, Frisco. Do people even call it Frisco in Frisco? No, I don't think they like it when you do no, that. No, that's so I'm just, like I'm that. taking everyone that listens in San Francisco. Right. I'm just pissing them off right now. Yeah. Okay, I better, sure. I better cut that out then. Uh, no, I mean, like, I'll stop saying it. I'm not cutting that bit out. <laughs> God. Okay. All right, so... Uh, I'm going to talk a lot about the situation in Australia because it's dear to my heart. But you know, I also will talk a little bit more about the US as well. And there's also more to talk about in the UK, but you know, I've got to draw a line somewhere. So I'm going to focus a little bit on my own backyard. But for people that are not based in Australia, this is still, I think, very interesting to see what's happened here. And it's kind of scares me a bit. So, all right. In Australia, we formally refer to them as gaming machines, poker machines, but the average person on the street calls them pokies. Which, if you've never heard them called pokies before and says, oh yeah, I've just gone, you know, just uh, had a play on the pokies. I can imagine that that might sound strange to someone that has no idea what the hell Latin is. It's like the pokies, where you, you sit there and you get poked by something or somebody. So, oh, it's Australia. I, yeah, well, you know, we always walk around poking people with sticks. That's just, you know, right. it's like the boot from The Simpsons, right. right? We have the boot thing too, right? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Watch out for those koalas, they're going to get you. Anyway, uh, drop bears, they call them. So, anyhow, it was legalized in 1956, and that was in New South Wales. So, well after. This is this is slot machines, right? This is well after, you know, lots of other parts of the world. So, and that was only in New South Wales, but f- within a few years, every other state followed, except for Western Australia. And this is where things get interesting. There was a Royal Commission held in 1974 in Western Australia into gaming machines and I want to read a quote from this and this is from a royal commission that was held by the government so reads like this poker machine playing is a mindless repetitive and insidious form of gambling which has many undesirable features it requires no thought no skill and no social contact the odds are never about winning watching people playing the machines over long periods of time the impressionistic evidence, at least, is they are addictive to many people. Historically, poker machines have been banned from Western Australia, and we consider that in the public interest they should stay banned. Pretty strong words. Yeah. They didn't like them, I guess. That's the, <laughs> that's the brief takeaway. Mindless, repetitive. Yeah, mindless, repetitive, and insidious. Insidious, right. No, I don't think they liked them. No, I think they, were, they didn't, yeah, didn't, didn't warm up to them. However, as is often the case when enough money is put on the table, in 1985, there were a consortium decided to uh, pitch to the government the idea of building a casino. Of course, you know, big deal, but this was going to have poker machines and they needed an exemption to be written into the law in order to get them to have them. So, what they had was they had an old landfill that happened to be on an island in the middle of the Swan River, which is the river that goes through Perth, which is the capital of Western Australia. And in 1985, the Burswood Island Casino opened, which at the time, it was the third largest casino in the world. It's not anymore, but it was at the time. So, when you put enough money on the table and you offer to build things like an 18-hole golf course and rehabilitate this and, you know, in other words, scratch the right backs... They bent the law, the bent, they, they changed and rewrote that section of the law so that they could have poker machines in there. Mm-hmm. Nice. And when I say nice, I mean, yeah, great. 
So anyway, uh, so that remains the only place in Western Australia where there is where you'll find poker machines. However, in the rest of Australia, they're everywhere. So if I, really? yeah, they're everywhere. Wow. So if I go into an an RSL, which is a uh, return services league, um, and there's probably a lot of people who don't know what an RSL is. I don't know, but anyway, um, the point is it's um it's it's kind of like a tavern slash pub, but it's specifically tailored for um for veterans. Okay. And RSL VFW. Uh, sorry. It was VFW. In the U.S. Oh, okay, fair enough. VFW. Well, I don't know if it's really a bar, but well, it's not a bar they're exactly. Like, they're like private houses, right? Yeah, it's like this. It's th- think of um, it's like a club. Yeah, it's a it, it's a club that you go to. It's got a, a, a sort of a dining area, and it's yeah. it has a bar that you can you buy drinks from, but it also has um, a gaming lounge, mm. and not just RSLs taverns as well so you'll go to a tavern mm-hmm. you can have like a, a counter what they call a counter meal as in you get the served over the counter you walk up to the counter and say oh, I'd like you know chips and gravy or right. whatever and a steak and they'll give it to you and it's cheap you know quality is questionable but it's food and uh, it's most analogous to a pub and they also have a gaming lounge and it's just to me, crazy to me so many places have them and in Brisbane, a city that I live in, uh, within an hour's drive, there are three casinos. Wow. Big ones. So, there's the Treasury Casino, there's Jupiter's Casino, and there's um, one up the coast. And the bottom line is that, yeah, just you everywhere I look, you know, there are poker machines. So we've got a lot more in Ohio now because we have a... Is a- They've started opening casinos up all over the place, but mm. like not all, not all over the place, right? There's a few big ones, but we have these little, we have the internet cafes, yep, right, and uh, so it's 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 everywhere, but it's still kind of shameful, right? It's always yeah. kind of hidden behind things. It's not out in the open, yeah. Uh, it's it's but we're very puritanical here, so. Well, the thing is, in America, different states have very different rules. Right. I mean, no different to here. I mean, right. like I said, Western Australia, you know, but. Um, my, but it's from state to state. It's all over the place. Yeah, yeah it's spreading and it's it's right. getting worse. And the same thing is happening here. But uh, before we go any f- uh, further, I just want to um, quickly talk about our sponsor for this episode. And our sponsor is LifeX. And LifeX, if you're not sure what they are, they make a smart light bulb. And that gives you previously unheard of control of your lighting. Each bulb is Wi-Fi enabled and it can give you light in whatever color of the rainbow you like. It's also an energy-efficient LED light bulb um, when compared to incandescent and and other, and halogens especially. And you can control it with your smartphone. You've got over a 1,000 lumens at your disposal. It's incredibly bright, but consumes only 18 watts of power at maximum, though most rooms only use about half that. Controlling the brightness, color... And there's a range of cool effects is really easy on your smartphone with the LifeX app. And the smart bulb is made to last. It's rated for 27 years, assuming four hours per day, and that's the equivalent of 40,000 hours. You're probably going to move house before you need to change the light bulb again. The LifeX bulbs support both Edison screw and bayonet connectors and will work at all standard voltages around the world. So that's between 100 and 240 volts AC. It has a developer-friendly SDK currently available for iOS, Android, and Ruby. 
which means that if you can think of a great way to control them programmatically, you can go out and build it if you're a developer on whatever platform you like right now. Now, I've been testing some demo bulbs and my kids went absolutely crazy with the disco effects, having a dance party in the main lounge room. It was just absolutely insane. It was crazy. Fantastic. Lots of fun. LifeX bulbs are shipping today for only $99 US with free shipping worldwide. Simply head over to lifex.co slash pragmatic to learn more and enter the coupon code pragmatic for 15% off the total price of your order. Thank you to LifeX for sponsoring Pragmatic. So I guess the next thing I want to talk about with poker machines is their return rate, which sounds a bit odd uh, in the context of reliability, because in reliability, a return rate means how often a failed product comes back to you. But <laughs> it's kind of weirdly analogous, actually. Because right. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about it, I'm shoving money in. How much is returning back to me, right? Oh. Um, so that's, and that's the idea, right? Is the return rate is a percentage of how much money you get back from how much you put in statistically over a long period of time for a machine. So any one machine. And these things are now done all in software. So, right. you know, it, it, there's no longer tumblers. There's no pulling the, the lever a certain way or whatever the heck people used to think they could do to change the odds. No, these things have fixed odds. They are calculated very coldly and precisely by code, by someone's software. And they have a fixed preset return rate. And that return rate in Australia anyway is based on individual state laws and it varies between 85 and 90%. Now, you might say, think that sounds reasonably good. But the problem is if you're putting thousands of dollars through these machines, you're losing hundreds of dollars guaranteed pretty much every time. Right. So, the current estimates, and this is where it gets scary, is that you consider that return rate. Now, we start to talk about the numbers of the quantities of these machines that there are out there. Current estimate is that there are about five times the number of poker machines per head of population in Australia than there are in the United States. Five times. That's per head of population, of course. In terms of raw quantity, Australia is the seventh in the world for total quantity of poker machines. Now, our population is 23.5 million. That's really not huge. I mean, it's no. it's not statistically insignificant. It's a decent number of people. It's a heck of a lot more than New Zealand. But really, that's not a lot. And to have be the seventh largest in the world, that's incredible to me. It's scary. But, of course, one of the reasons that they've proliferated so much, apart from the fact that the law has been quite open about it, and, of course, the reason the law is open about it is because the government has their hand out, because they tax it. So, all of these poke machines are being taxed. Now, just to show the progression, I thought it might be instructive to look at a figure from about 12 years ago. So, in the financial year 0203, and so 2002, 2003... Because uh, we split our financial years um, from mid-year for reasons I don't mm-hmm. actually understand, but anyway, whatever. Um, they turned in four billion dollars in revenue in uh, two thousand two, two thousand three financial year. Now we go to uh, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. That number is up to eleven point two billion Australian dollars in tax revenue to the government. Now, in recent years, due to the tail end of the GFC and so on, that number has reduced, but it is still above $10 billion a year. 
So obviously the government aren't really all that concerned with tightening the thumb screws on poker machines because it's a no. huge revenue earner for them. Yeah. Which, you know, is scary. Now, what's even more scary is if you look at the revenue that the government gets out of taxation from all forms of gambling. So this is now everything that I mentioned earlier and more, which is like horse racing, you know, any form of... You know, anything in a casino at all uh, that's gambling, I guess, unless they tax you walking to the bar, which, you know, they probably would if they could. But the point is that revenue the government takes from poker machines alone accounts for 60% of their overall tax revenue from gambling, which obviously therefore makes them the biggest single income earner from all forms of gambling. That's 60% of the total comes from them alone. So they're not exactly going to be all that keen to regulate them out of existence. So now, just quickly, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the US. And in, in the US, there are actually a lot of states that have banned them. Most famously, however, Nevada and uh, Atlantic City specifically have much more relaxed restrictions and therefore are considered sort of the, the two gambling, I guess, meccas, if you will, right. um, in the States. And a lot of people look at Atlantic City as the poor cousin of Las Vegas, uh, you sort of you go. I, I believe that perception, and maybe you can correct me, you know, but um, is that Atlantic is sort of the poor. So you you go to Atlantic City if um, you don't want to go to the, all the trouble of going to Las Vegas, and it's just not as glitzy, but you can still gamble lots of money there. That, right. That's sort of yeah. my impression. Does that right. sound about right? Well, it's it's all it's it's also on the East Coast, right? If you're, like I said, it's, yeah, it's much more convenient. Yeah, exactly. But you don't want to fly for four. It also has a I don't know, it's a different vibe. Yeah, I guess. Well, if you want that, there's lots of neon. If you want that, that rundown East Coast vibe. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Does Ohio count as East Coast? No. <laughs> no. We're Midwest. Yeah. The lakes. Yep, great they lakes. are beautiful, I will say. But still. And they're not burning. What's that? And they're not burning. They're not but. No. <laughs> oh, you don't know about well the time the Ohio River caught fire? The river caught fire? No. Twice, twice actually. The, well, not the Ohio River. The Cuyahoga River caught fire in Cleveland um, wow. in the 60s. It was so polluted that you drop a match in it, it would flare up. Oh, my God. That's terrible. But uh, Okay. It's a lot nicer than it used to be. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, okay, good. I'm glad it's a lot nicer than it used to be. Um, there's, um, <laughs> while, 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 we, while we're talking about poisoned rivers... Um, well, that's the, that's the, that's the upside to, to uh, deindustrialization, right? Oh, sure. Now, now you can go swimming again. Yeah, but you're absolutely sure. I mean, what's the pH? Um, <laughs> but I mean, I uh, there's a river in um, Tasmania. Uh, I think it's the Gordon River. I think uh, I probably got that wrong. But anyway, uh, there was a uh, there's a place called Queenstown, and Queenstown had a massive. Uh, I think it was a copper mine, or was it a gold mine? It was one or the other. And the tailings uh, from the mine. It, while they're processing, they uh, they used uh, arsenic, I think it was, and mm-hmm. uh, arsenic, of course, is one of those friendly compounds that you know is kind of poisonous to a lot of living organisms. So the tailings were, you know, let's just dump them in the river. I mean, why not, right? And uh, essentially, mining stopped there. Something ridiculous, like forty years ago or more. Well, the whole river is a very disturbing shade of brown, <laughs> and the mud and the clay soils in the in in the riverbed have got so much 
arsenic in them. They're saying that it's going to take us another 150 years Jeez. before it'll actually be cleaned enough and rinsed out enough, <laughs> diluted enough to make it safe to actually swim in it and for life wow. to return to it. That's horrible. I mean, Tasmania is a beautiful place. And then you come across this and you look at, and I'm looking at that river and I'm like, that is so unnatural that it, it is. I'm not, I don't consider myself a tree hugger, okay? But it's heartbreaking watching that, looking at that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, what's that got to do with gambling? Nothing. So I should probably get back on topic, but still. <laughs> yeah, scary looking rivers. Don't like matches. Okay. So. The counter-argument that I've heard from a lot of people that enjoy uh, playing poker machines is that poker machines aren't about winning, apparently. They're about entertainment. So, the argument that I've heard is, if I spend an hour or two gambling away $50, and let's assume you could make $50 last an hour or two, right? Assuming you can. Mm -hmm. I could probably spend the same amount of money at a movie theater on a ticket and some popcorn and a drink, probably, over a similar kind of time period. I, it, it, I don't know if that argument's flimsy or not, but you know, let's just assume you could make fifty bucks last that long, and let's assume that it's an expensive cinema complex. But then again, mm. you know, here it costs seventeen bucks to see a new release movie in a lot of movie theaters. How, what's it like over there where you are for seeing movies? Ten, twelve bucks. Yeah, new release. Here's a rip. So I guess it's still. Yeah. yeah, here's a rip off. But you know, most of the movies we get, you know. Uh, from America, or yeah, they got to move those bits all the way over there. Yeah, man, that's stuff. expensive. Those bits heavy. are heavy. Oh yeah, so I got to come over on a boat sometimes. It takes like three months to get. Yeah, them. These are big, like each of the container ships, right? Like each, yeah. each one of those boxes. Damn like, right, man. I mean, the Lego Movie. I it, they, they took the long way around, man. They weren't allowed to use the canals. It took three months to get here. <sighs> anyway, that's what they're build, They're building an iTunes complex there. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A shipping center, so they can start moving iTunes in and out. <laughs> oh my! You guys God. still have Netflix? Do you have Netflix yet? No, we don't. No, no. Jesus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the heck! I wanna. Uh... Okay. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm always angry. That's all, that. That is an anger that's always simmering in the back of my brain, and you've successfully brought it out. Have you done a show on that yet? <laughs> done a show about. <laughs> I've done a show about um, absurd, absurd streaming versus restriction. Streaming versus downloaded. I did that with Josh Centers and right, but yeah. that was not really specifically about this, digital yeah. distribution and how just just so messed up and how it just makes me st- very stabby and I should stay away from Con- sharp objects. What is it? Is it region code? Region. Uh, God. Okay, you know what? I've got so much pent up rage. I'm definitely going to talk about that at some point. <laughs> So I'll, okay. I'll get you back to talk about the pent up rage. You're getting, you're good at drag drawing this out of me. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna back on topic. All right. So uh, the people that argue that poker machines are a form of entertainment, and you know, I'm not saying that they're not. Sure, they are. That's fine. But the thing is, though, going back to the movie analogy, and okay, fine, we have expensive movies and really, really expensive popcorn. Apparently, um, anyhow, the stimulation provided by a poker machine and the risk reward reinforcement exists on a poker machine but it doesn't exist in a movie it just doesn't I mean if it was a good movie I guess does that encourage you to go back and see more movies well I don't think so I think that the environment and the enjoyment of going to see a movie irrespective of whether it's good or bad is what takes you back 
but you don't get positive reinforcement. You're sitting in the seat and the seat isn't giving you some kind of back massage and saying, thank you for coming to the movie theater or something like that. The risk, you know, it's like, man, that's a creepy image. Anyway, you know, it's not, it's not likely to become an addictive behavior. Whereas, you know, Well, it's not, you're not going to have that instant feedback, right? You're no. not going to have those dopamine squirts, just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, exactly right. Because you could get out of the games. So. That's it. Okay, so because the analogies are getting creepy, I'm going to leave that right there. However, the law of averages, and I love saying the law of averages because that's a nothing statement statistically. Because <laughs> what's the law of averages? Anyway, never mind. The law of averages. Oh, God, I just said it again. Statistically, you can never win. If you gamble enough over a long enough period of time, I guarantee you, you will come out behind. You will. You must, statistically. You have to. So, if you spend a dollar a day over any significant period of time, even a month, you will walk away with less money if you actually would account it. That is a guarantee for the, va- for the vast majority of people. There will be outliers such as yourself, for example, where you are ahead. Congratulations. Well, which is never gamble again. I've played so little, and I think, right? Yeah, like so, as soon as I win, I was like, okay. So, don't, yeah, so don't gamble again, right? Ever. Get, get, get lucky early on. Yeah, but stay ahead, right? So that's it. Stay yeah. ahead. I just need to. I just need one more to stay ahead. The, <laughs> the gamblers. Yeah, the logic there doesn't actually work. No, it doesn't. That's it. So this is the this is I the. I just beauty. got lucky. Yeah, that's right. And this is the beauty of it. Okay, they call this the gambler's fallacy. And when I first read this years ago, I thought, oh yes, this sums it up perfectly. Where a success in a single event, or this is the belief. Okay, where a success in a single event affects the outcome of future events, either positively or negatively. Hence. Mm-hmm. After a win, there is an expectation that there will either be more wins or less wins as a direct result. So, if I've got a whole bunch of, you know, yeah, I won, yeah, I won, yeah, I won, there are people that believe that they're going to continue. They're on a winning streak. They're on a hot streak. streak. Right? Right. And that's completely false. And that's hence the name of Gamble's fallacy. And the best way to illustrate it is to do a little bit of statistics. Hey, who loves statistics? Mind you, if you've survived this long through the episode, then maybe you do like statistics. Like and you're expecting it. Did you just say you like statistics, Ben? I said you might be liking statistics. Then. Oh, yeah, wait, maybe. Well, we, we, haven't been, we haven't done that much math yet. No, I haven't done any math yet. But I'm about to break that right, right now. So, you're okay. bracing yourself right. there. Yeah. Okay. Fingers and ears. Uh, no. Oh, sorry. Okay. <sighs> Here we go. Tossing a coin. I love tossing a coin because it's such a great example so everyone's got a coin well um i'm assuming everyone's used a coin okay 50 50 chance of being heads and that's yet another joke because not every coin has a head on it but let's just assume for a moment that we're talking about two sides one side is and it might land on its side might land on its side that is statistically possible (laughs) so let's assume doesn't happen enough in movies it needs to happen more (sighs) well you you write a letter into them and you see that they do something about that, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on a, oh, God. Okay, so the probability of tossing... Okay, heads or tails, 50-50 chance. This is a perfect coin. In other words, in, in the business, they call it a fair coin. In other words, it's not weighted. You toss it 100 times, 50 times it'll be on heads, 50 times it'll be on tails, zero times it'll be on an edge. Thank you very much. The probability of tossing a head, therefore, if you do it once, is one half. Or expressed in different terms, one in two. So you have a 50-50 chance, a one in two chance, a a probability of one half. All means the same thing. Now, if I then keep tossing that coin, two in a row is hence one quarter. 
Because if you add them all up, there's four possible outcomes. You could get two heads, you could get two tails, you could get one head and one tail, or you could get one tail and one head, if you're counting the sequence. So to get right. two heads, you've got one chance in four. So you have a probability of one quarter. Okay. So let's do something insane. Let's try and get 20 in a row. The number, probabilistically, statistically, is you have a 1 in 1,048,576 chance of getting 20 heads in a row. Now, after the 20th heads in a row, you're going to think, man, I'm so likely to get that 21st head, aren't I? Oh, yeah. No. The probability of your next toss being a head or tail considered in isolation is still only 1 in 2. Nothing changed. Hopefully, that's clear. But if you're not getting it, there's a link in the show notes. Feel free to read up on it. But essentially, gambler's fallacy is distortion of reality. It's not. There is no such thing as a hot streak or a winning streak. There is no such thing. I'm sorry. When it comes to statistics, there just isn't. So, (sighs) poker machines make sounds. And... They irritate the heck out of me, but you know, because I actually, it's I, funny. I, I went to that that casino up in Cleveland, and those those sounds can almost put me into a trance. Yeah, that's right. right. It's it is bizarre, and I, I don't, you know, I don't know what to phrase to even what words to even use, but it's it's you can almost just feel this this electrical energy of all these people, mm. all these desperate, sad people, yeah. <laughs> just. Putting all this 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 you know mental energy into hoping that these machines make the right sequence of numbers come up. That's right. And and you could I don't know I could feel it. It was yeah, it you was can. bizarre. You can and I, I it, it is a fear. I get exactly the same kind of feeling, and it's hard to get the right word for it. It's 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 like a strange level of energy. It's right. It, it, right. It felt like it felt like you were like having some sort of, of psychic experience with these machines. Right. Yeah. It's that kind of bizarre. It, it's almost Doesn't like when you're moving through the, the, the poker machines is like this, um, I don't know. God, this sounds so non... Well, God. Mm. It, it just it feels like you're you're almost um, a little bit fuzzy. It's like it's... Right. it's yeah. You know, it, it, God, it's so hard. Well, to they describe. pump stuff in there. I mean, they, mm. you know, they try to get you high. Oh, yeah. So, so <laughs> I and, believe it. And that's the point is that these sounds, the sounds of winning a bet in particular, they have been carefully engineered to be very pleasing sounds. Right. And and they've you know, make no mistake, they have spent millions and millions of dollars refining those stupid sounds. And and you and I will say there's this there's, there's something about it. I can't quite put my finger on it. Well someone put their finger on it and they, right. they right. and they they put it in that machine. Okay. People smarter than us have figured this out. And the sounds of a winning bet are drawn out over a long period of time relative to the, the period it takes to have a standard oh. bet. So if I push the button and I bet one line, so I bet one line and it comes up and it goes, blip, blip, no, didn't win, great. Hit the button again. That whole time period is maybe a few seconds. But if mm-hmm. you win, so let's say you're betting a dollar on every line, you've got 50 bucks. So you bet five lines, you've spent $5. So that $5 are gone now. But then on the sixth spin, I win $4 back. Great, that's fantastic. I've won. And that gets drawn out over like 20, 30 seconds. And it's playing <laughs> stupid music. And you've got little coins, little pictures of coins coming up, a little fountain in front of you. And it's like, ooh, pretty. you know. And it's like you're looking at this and it's like, that's the positive reinforcement. You've won. Right. You've won. Right. 
But, and if you're in and if you're in a casino, there's hundreds of these things, right? Oh yeah, all going and on. So, off. so yeah. you're 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 hearing the the winning sounds way more often than you're hearing the the losing sounds. But yeah, because you sit there and you listen to other people winning, and you're like, <laughs> right, oh, that's gonna right. be me soon. Right. The the the, the general uh, tone of the place is it's, it's a major it's a major chord. Yeah. Right. It's just oh yeah, this is happy. That's it. I'm happy now, and that's it. So <laughs> that that the whole thing is though that the joke the joke. The reality is that you've only won back four dollars, but you co- it costs you five dollars to get that four dollars. But right. you know you feel like you've won, so you keep playing. Now, I'm, now you're on a streak. Yeah, I'm on a streak now. You keep playing. So the funny thing about the sounds is that I found there's a whole bunch of studies have been done on this. None of this is news. None of this is new. This has been a well studied, no. well known, well understood phenomenon. What gets me is the number of people that don't understand how they're being manipulated, how, how how these machines and the way they've been programmed, the way they're set up, the statistics of it, they don't understand that all these studies have already shown things like, for example, if you turn the sound off on these machines, you are likely to spend less money. <laughs> now, there have been studies where they've done this. They've done testing with different groups of people and different age demographics in different countries around the world. Now, I've linked to just one of them, which was a Canadian study, and I don't want anyone to suggest that that therefore makes it less relevant because I've been talking about Australia and Canada's bigger than Australia. Point is that that was a really good study because that one specifically tested sound on, sound off with a large group of people, and I thought it was very interesting. So have a read. There's also a, a um, uh, there's also a white paper. It was a white paper. Sorry, it was a a research um, paper done on it. Uh, and it was it's very, very good reading. So I strongly encourage you to read those. The links are in the show notes. So, yes, the sounds affect you. The way that they structure the game entices you to spend more. None of that should be a surprise. Ultimately, you're going to walk away with, at best, maybe 90% of what you went in with. And that's at best, because that's all these machines are going to pay out at. The trick, so I'm told, is to walk away when you're ahead. Okay. What's to stop me ever going back? So if I go back and then I spend my money, I'm no longer ahead if you consider it over a long right. enough time period. And this is the thing is that people think about it in small slots of time. And speaking of time, there was a... Jeez, oh, it was 10, 15 years ago. I couldn't get a nail down on the exact date. But in Australia, up until uh, not that long ago, about a decade ago, something like that, time wasn't shown on the screen, like as in the time of day. So oh, right. it wouldn't. Yeah. It wasn't shown on the screen, and they brought in a law that mandated that you had to show the time. Guess where the time is? It's tucked away in a corner, and it's in the smallest <laughs> goddamn font they could possibly pick, but it's there. You know, it's not quite magnifying glass small, but it's like, yeah, I'm <laughs> looking great. at the time. And you know, See, it's so evil, but but God, you gotta love it, right? Like they're, <laughs> they're so insidious. It's 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 insidious, exactly. Just like the, that quote from that uh, from the. Mindless and mindless, mindless, repetitive and insidious. Yeah, exactly. It just it says it all. It sums it up so beautifully. The guys coming up with it aren't mindless. Oh, they are. The people that have come up with this have found the perfect way of separating your money from your your pocket. Uh, Mm. It's incredible. You know, it's even more efficient than Apple. So, (laughs) oh, sorry, I just offended. Well, I don't know. You walk into the store there, and maybe you just can't hear them. Well. You hear the music. These days, you walk into an Apple store and you're lucky to get served. But anyway, um, sorry, I'm I'm sidetracking myself again. But the whole time thing is just one example. I mean, and a lot of people know the tricks, okay, the casinos have got. And of course, that is 
they don't usually have clocks around the place. All of the windows are all darkened and the lighting is low so that it looks like the same time of the day or night, 24 hours a day. So you lose track of time. How long you been there? I don't know, uh, 20 minutes? No, you've actually been there three hours. You know, you can't notice time passing. Because, you know, we human beings, you know, we take cue from the sun, right? So take the sun out of the equation. You're living in a box, carefully crafted, comfortable box where you can give your money to the casino. How do you think casinos are so successful? Why do you think people want to keep building casinos? Why do you think the government wants people to have access to poker machines? Why? Because it's a way for them to raise money, lots of money. It's not about winning. It never is. And you never can, statistically. So, if after listening all this way in and you still love gambling, that's great. But I would strongly recommend playing either blackjack or craps because I'm not going to go into all the details why. Again, plenty of articles and there's a few links in the show notes. They are statistically the two casino games that will give you the best possible odds. However, ultimately, over a long period of time, it is never possible to win more money than you have put in. It just isn't. And if you want to go and say to me, you know, John, there's this guy in Nantucket who happened to win a million dollars. That's great. Okay. I'm happy for him. But let's just be honest. There are maybe only a few dozen people in the world who can actually say that. And I've known people that have had severe gambling problems. And although they didn't lose their house... Uh, I, uh, um, I'm going to draw a friend of a friend here, but a friend of a friend did lose their house from a gambling addiction. People you see in the paper and the public service, I've seen there's a just a few weeks ago here locally, um, you know, uh, a woman who was in charge of uh, some of uh, the invoicing at um, a government department, um, lost her job and owed some insane amount of money, hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of dollars that she'd, uh, misappropriated and it all went into gambling and I stop and think every time I see those sorts of figures like 10 billion dollars of tax revenue how many how many lives have actually been ruined to make that money right. you know, how cold and how ruthless is that the bottom line though is it's kind of like well alcohol it's kind of like um, fast food it's a choice so I can't stop you from doing it and it's, and freedom by its base definition means that you shouldn't restrict people from doing the things that they would choose to do. So I'm not suggesting that. I don't want to live in a society where everything is regulated and the thumb screws are down and there's you know Gestapo on every corner and you can't gamble, you can't drink, you can't eat fatty foods, whatever. That's not what I want. What I want is for people to appreciate and understand the numbers, understand the probability, the statistics, the mathematics behind it, understand the way that casinos and poker machines in particular manipulate you. If you understand it, I guarantee you, you're not going to like it anymore. Or if you are, you're not going to like it anywhere near as much. And that's, I think, the best defense against losing money to these bloody machines. So, honestly, yeah, I guess this has been a soapboxy episode, hasn't it? It's fun. It wasn't too bad. I think I think people that enjoy gambling that don't have a problem would have no no issue with any of this. I don't dis. I don't have an issue with people 
Um, For me, what what bothers me about isn't that it's it's the government involvement, right? Yeah, it's that that this you know an organization that's ostensibly about protecting and serving everybody is going to take money from one group of people and spend it on behalf of another when you know that the group of people you're taking it from are acting kind of irrationally, right? Absolutely. Which I mean, around here, like it's you know the lottery is kind of the big. You know the big thing, and all that money, you know, supposedly goes to the schools, and of course, you know, somehow the schools always end up still being broke. Um, yeah, well, that's because whatever whatever money they make from the lottery just ends up coming out. You know, they just well, we, <laughs> they don't goes to free lunches. Don't keep up with the taxes, then, right? Like, yeah, it just it's it's yeah, I know, and that's the depressing part is the the problem Cause, with because if people if people do have a real problem, like they're going to gamble anyways, right? Yeah, that you don't have to make it. You don't have to. I don't know. It's, it's, it's something. To, something for me changes when the government gets involved. Yeah, absolutely. And and I guess that's that is my my biggest issue is the fact that ultimately, uh, what's the expression? Whoever has the gold makes the rules. And right. honestly, the government has a huge amount of money, and <clears throat> they can get more money by supporting uh, gambling. Generally speaking, so whenever I come across a state like Western Australia where they banned it. I have hope for the future. And then they build a damn casino. Right. And I'm like, oh, my faith in humanity just got squashed again. But then I, you know, older I've gotten, I thought to myself, look, you know, it's a choice. It's not right for me to say you can't do something. All I can do is try and educate people and say, you know what? Here's a list of really sensible, logical, rational dare I say, um, pragmatic reasons why you should spend your money somewhere else other than right. in a poker machine. And, um, you know, if one person comes away from this that, that used to, you know, play these things and then realizes that after listening to this, you know, I, I'm not doing it again, then then it's been worth the discussion. So that's why I wanted to approach it anyway. Yeah. But if you still enjoy uh, gambling, go right ahead. I mean, that's not a problem. It's your choice. And, and that's the great thing about freedom is that you have the choice to do what you want, when you want, how you want. So um, so go for it. But just remember what uh, what you're doing and remember that the stat, the numbers, the odds are always going to be against you. And that's all I've really got to say about this. So cool. yeah, might leave it there. Right. If you want to talk more about this, uh, you can reach me on Twitter at John Chigi and check out my writing at techdistortion.com. If you'd like to send any feedback, please use the feedback form on the website and that's where you'll also find show notes for this episode under Podcasts Pragmatic. I'd personally like to thank uh, LifeX for sponsoring Pragmatic. If you're looking for a great LED bulb that's energy efficient, remotely controllable, colorful and just plain fun to use, then remember to specifically visit this URL, lifx.co slash pragmatic and use the coupon code pragmatic for 15% off the total price of your order. I'd also like to thank my guest host, Ben Alexander, for being on the show once again. And It was fun. Yeah, it was. And I, um, I'm i in a quandary because I realized that you're taking a break from Twitter. I, was, I normally ask, <laughs> how what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? You can't. You can't? <laughs> no. Um, well, then... You need to know my email, which, no, well, I guess... <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. This makes for a rather different ending to the show. I'm going to say, if you want to get in touch with Ben, get in touch with me and I'll pass it on. 
Does that work? <laughs> Why would you want to do that? Come on, Ben. People love you. You know that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That sounds good. Awesome. Okay, let's run with that. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and thanks again, Ben. Thank you.